Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber. www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, I'm Gary Rowett, and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Something for the Weekend, sir. After what's been actually a fairly busy week podcasting for me, listeners, it was unplanned. I actually had a, a fairly nice, clear week planned, and now I've been um, turning them out day by day, pretty much, for one reason or another. Um, not least is the live show that my compadre on the show today, Neil Fissler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Uh, Nick, how you going, mate? I was just thinking about that live show that was impromptu, and that, that wasn't planned. <laughs> added, added meant- a layer to the week, didn't it? We did a I'm Twitter meant- Spaces live show, listeners. I'm mentally scarred for life over that one. Yeah, but little did we know that if we both went on to Twitter that people would actually want to listen to us. Uh, neither of us took that into account when we oh. thought it would be a very quick five minutes to find out how it all worked. And then... Oh, all- Eve. Oh, yeah. Eve. So we had, no, we had no structure. It was literally just a test, because you, you have to do it off your mobile phone. This is very... I've never used it before. I'd, I'd, I've seen them, and I've never really dabbled in the, the realm of live broadcasts via Twitter. So it really was just um, a how does it work type of thing, Neil, wasn't it? You know, what what what, what happens? And then suddenly we acquired an audience. And we, <laughs> we, I think, I mean, I, I edited the footage afterwards. There was a lot of um, what I would call raw stuff in there, which had to go. But I actually, when I listened to it afterwards, I was actually surprised. We, a, we produced something that was reasonably listenable. I hope, well, I hope listeners would agree with that. We've got some good voices on there. It was really nice to hear, um, you know, some people came in on the call that we wouldn't otherwise have expected. I, I, I quite enjoyed it, actually, in, in the benefit of hindsight. Mate, it definitely gives you a buzz. I know when I was on the other podcast, we used to do the YouTube Live. Yeah. Lockdown. Uh, you buzzed for about... A, well, for about an hour beforehand, and then for about four hours afterwards, it, <laughs> it was just some kind of live broadcast. And uh, yeah, no, it's just one of those things that you used to see these things go on, or you'd watch and hear television and radio. Then all of a sudden, the mod, the modern miracles of technology means yeah. <laughs> you can suddenly 
broadcaster yourself, can't you? It's it's absolutely mind blowing. It's also very, very, very dangerous. Well, yeah, um, it, it has its has its pitfalls. Um, we 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 had some really good voices on the show uh, that we did impromptu show, as I've said, and it was really nice to um, you know to 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 get the people that that contributed. I mean, there's always a danger that you're going to get um, all sorts of uh, things on there, and you know that's 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 the that's the risk that you take. Um, thankfully, you can. Um, I managed to record the uh, the footage and then edit it, so that's going to be my key. So um, you know that that's that. There is a dangerous element, <laughs> as you say, but I enjoy it. We're going to do another one at some stage. Um, we're not able to do it for today's show for various reasons, but we will do another one because I think. Um, people seem to enjoy it, Neil. We had some really nice um, comments afterwards and people saying I'd like to get involved. I think the key is to keep the number of voices on the call. This was a very swift learning curve. We keep the number of voices on the call um, reasonably limited because otherwise you get chaos quite quickly. So I think that's my my main um, lesson that I take, took out of it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Realised that we needed a bit of structure on it. That you can't just really go on to this and uh, start um, talking. <laughs> we do. But I think what you need is, I think you're right. I think if we went on and we started winging it again, that you just have less callers and that I'm probably experienced enough that yeah. I can start winging it and uh and we can bring people in that way but no it's definitely something that we're going to look forward to doing it was good to actually that all of a sudden we picked up a yeah an american who had absolutely no affinity to Millwall at all and she <laughs> because uh because a goalkeeper who never played a game for us is playing for a club in America. The Houston Dynamo, that's Darby. She she actually follows us from afar. I don't think Darby's ever been over, but she. I, I did a little um, call with her because I was intrigued by this listener from Houston, and she follows the American MLS club, the Houston Dynamos. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, it's. I think that's another thing, really. You know, you, you, I always forget the the internet is a worldwide thing, quite literally, isn't it? It's the world wide web, so you get people listening from all sorts of places, and I think it's kind of wonderful, really. Um, I enjoyed it. We will do it again, um, but next time, listeners, we'll have a few notes and a few st- bit of structure to the conversation. <laughs> you know, it certainly makes the world a smaller place, doesn't it? The, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. We were kids. All of these far-flung places, there were just things that you read about and you saw in an atlas. Yet, yeah. or, yet, thanks to modern technology, you can actually speak to people from them. Yeah, we're just on yeah. Twitter. Losing. It's also this thing of, um, you know, the, the kind of the, the linkage is Millwall Football Club, this small little um, club from Bermondsey that we all love. Um, and yet, you know, you, sometimes you, 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 it's easy to forget because it's quite. Um, it's a small little you know world that we we live in at Millwall, but suddenly you get a glimpse that actually its name does extend all around the world. It, it does it does carry some name everywhere that you go. You know it's it's just really interesting. Um, so yeah, thank you to everyone that that took part, and thank you to everyone that's listened to the show afterwards. We will do another one, and I will do an edited version afterwards so that you can listen to it in the uh, privacy of your car, gym, or wherever you take the podcast. Neil, it's been a busy week on other fronts um, at Millwall FC. 
looking at this story about um, will he, won't he go to the Hawthorns? Gary Rowett has been linked with the West Bromwich Albion uh, job, vacant job, um, which seems to be largely um, fading away now. I mean, there was a, I haven't got the, the story, but um, I think their chief exec said he's he's not he's not featuring in, I can't remember how it was put, but Gary Rowett doesn't feature in their, their consideration for the WBA job. Yeah, Ron Gurley. This, to me, Gurley. smacks yeah. uh, of an agent uh, making himself busy and and talking up a client. Because it kind of came out of nowhere. Everybody knows that he would probably jump at the chance to move back to the Midlands. His mm. family, his wife, and I think his children live in the Derby area. East Midlands, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah kind of area and he spends a lot of time away from them and I, I do i think he used to go home after games and then mm. reappear on a monday or a tuesday uh hasn't moved from down that's totally understandable if your family settled and whatever else but it, it it was a strange old one because on one hand you think yeah he'd probably want to get back to the midlands but on the other hand, West Brom, surely they could have a pick of whoever they wanted. And there's a lot of big name, big name managers out of work at the minute at this level, isn't there? There are. You've yeah. got Schindler, you've got Chris Wilder, you've got umpteen other people. So why would they? I I would say this has not gone down too well in the Millwall boardroom. I think John Berylson is somebody by all accounts, who is a very loyal person. Yeah, and we've seen that repeatedly, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, and that's been shown that he is very patient with managers. He's not like uh, some American owners or some other owners that just sack. Let's face it, Emma Ranakani's been through as many coaches as bloody uh, what. <sighs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, also John Berylson has invested. I mean, you know, obviously it's all relative, and, and West Bromwich Albion would command more money and, and the resources, etc. But by middle standards, um, John Berylson has, has backed uh, Gary Rowe both through some difficult runs of form. I mean, I know that um, we'll come on to um, you know the, the recent seasons shortly, but. Um, we have had some difficult spells, Neil, where we can't find a win and the football has been pretty poor. And, you know, I, I can't believe the club and John Berylson don't pick up on the same comments that um, the likes of us say on this show and, and the others. Fans, you know, are, are expressing an opinion. They, they, they pick up on it. But they backed him. So I think, um, I think you're right. I mean, everyone's entitled to... Um, better themselves in, in 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 a work sense, but equally, um, owners and, and and those that have backed you are entitled to get the arse if uh, they get a sense that you're not showing them the kind of loyalty or uh, solidarity, whatever word you want to choose, in return. I, I I think you're right. I don't think it would have gone down particularly uh, pleasantly inside the boardroom. I think that I think that for John Berylson to sack Gary Rowett. I don't think it would happen immediately. I think it would take us to be doomed almost in mm. the bottom three. It gives people plenty of time to turn things around. And 
And I think Rowett started to turn it around to a certain extent with changing the formation. We've looked a lot more comfortable. But by the same token, you read the South London press and the news at Den, and he seems to be absolutely itching to change back to his favoured five at the back. And I don't know how well that will go down. It needs, I, I think, for I think for him to go, it would need home crowds to to, to take that top the turn. Two. Yeah. Um, like it did with Hollowards, as <laughs> it did with uh, Neil Harris to a certain extent. Well, yeah. I think once you get a collapse in um, the collapse in form in in the result sense, because I think that I, I always think that Mill Mill's crowd has this reputation for toxicity and all the rest of it, but I've always been really impressed. Um, certainly, the last ten to fifteen years with the Millwall crowd's patience. I mean, I, I think back to the likes of um, Lomas and, and Spackman and um, and Holloway and, and, and to some extent the man, you know, even Harris at the end and, and now with, with Rowett. Um, they're very patient. I, I don't, you know, this 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 reputation for um, turning, you, you, you know, it takes a lot to get a Millwall crowd to turn oh. on the manager. Yeah, it does. Kenny Jacket towards the end where... It was unwatchable, wasn't it, for quite a long time towards the end of his reign. And, yeah, no, you're right. We have got this reputation. But, but no, it does. It does. It takes an awful lot for Mill to turn on a manager. But what has been interesting this week is to actually see the number of people that actually want him out. Mm. And I'm not... Celebratory talking... mood when the story first broke. Yeah, right. It was almost... Eight, who's a well-known... <laughs> doesn't like him yeah but but the sheer number of people you look on hoff you look on twitter and what i've said for quite a long time that there's a that there's that there's a swell of fans that mill fans that want to knock the club at any opportunity and uh there's also a, a you also get the sense that there's a large group of fans that actually want rabbit to fail so they can say Oh, yeah, yeah, no, well, we told you so, and they want him gone. Okay, the football is awful. The football has been awful for for, for quite a well, long this season, time. certainly. Some some while before, really, yeah. Um, well, formation the other week, and all of a sudden, we look like a decent team again. Fleming looks like the Bermondsey Burb camp at long yeah. last. And uh, yeah, I just think we just need this to stop this square peg to round holes, uh, playing vocal slammer out wide and things like that has to stop. But then again, he recruited for he recruited to have uh, two wing backs, didn't he? And he isn't playing with them at the minute. So it does leave us kind of lopsided on one side and you can't. In times past, you'd have just gone out into the transfer market, wouldn't you, and recruited somebody because the window's closed. Yeah, I mean, when you read his interviews, I mean, it, 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 as we've put it a few times on this show, um, he's kind of been dragged, kicking and screaming, to some extent, to the four-man back line, which does feel more settled. Uh, this, in some interesting interviews, I mentioned um, Sean Hutchinson speaking to, I think it was London News, where he praised the four men, um, you know, back line and, and saying how much uh, 
better um, we played. So it was it was it was reasonably diplomatically put. So it wasn't quite as naked as I've put it there, listeners. But fundamentally, um, Sean Hutchinson, club captain, was praising this uh, four-man back back uh, back line, which um, to some extent the manager has been forced to uh, to uh, to change to because of poor results and and almost certainly the. Um, the comments that you'll be hearing each time <laughs> he takes the field, certainly at the den. Um, so, I mean, it does seem to maintain this this um, the desire to get back to a, you know the, the three man central defenders and the wing backs, and I think partly that's because that's how the big clubs play, and that's and I, I can't remember how he put it in one interview, but it was it's been successful um, on the at the top level, the elite level, whatever. whatever um, choice of words and it, he he seems to think that it's been successful for us i suppose to some extent when you look at the end of season finishing points and even you know this little um table that you've put together here Neil, the, the the points comparison with the last few seasons where we are after 13 games um you know we, we the start we've made isn't terribly different really to the starts we've made in each of his his seasons we 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 do seem to start cold and then warm up and you know you can't deny the fact that we've finished in league positions that are historically pretty good by middle standards that's that's that will be his answer to the that point i think yeah but he also has to remember that that the likes of manchester city and manchester united to a certain extent although they do play two at the back don't they but mm. these clubs but these so-called big clubs that do go out and play that formation, they can spend yeah. forty unlimited sums. Yeah, yeah. You on, yeah, well, on the left back or a left-sided wing back or a right wing back, and we don't have that luxury. And uh, we're dealing at a we're dealing at a lower level, aren't we? And and well, we are. We we also need to excite the crowd, Neil, in a way that, um, to some place. extent, you know, you, Manchester City will be contenders for every crown that they take part, every competition they take part in, because they have the, By the, the world is in the positions that they want to play, or the world class the- eleven to choose from, you know, and the world class squad. So you don't need the crowd as your your twelfth man. We do, um, and we, I think that's my main. Um, criticism, you know, looking at this this points comparison, listeners. I mean, we were after 13 games in 2017, we were 15th in, in the table with 16 points. Uh, 2018, we were 22nd, not so good with just 10 points. Um, but if you go back to 2019 20, we were 16th with 15 points, and and so it goes 2021, um, 10th, 19 points, uh, in the middle of a win, a 10 game winless run. I've forgotten that. And um, t- 10th place, um, 21-22, with 18 points. So and we've got 17 points. So we're, we're round about par, really, Neil, aren't we? One or two small exceptions of pretty much where we've been in each of his each of his seasons. And then we, we tend to find some form at some point. He seems to scratch out runs and, and, and little, you know, sequences where we, we, we boost up the table. Yeah, you have a look at you have a look at most of it. You go back to 2019, 2020. He the 14th match, which is the game we're playing this weekend, mm. was actually his first in charge. 
and it was a 2-0 win over Stoke City. But you're yes, right, you have, look at, you have a look at any any season that Gary Rowett has taken has, has actually managed Millwall, we have gone on very long unbeaten runs. And we are capable of that even this season, I think. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point we went 10, 11, 12 games undefeated. Yeah, there will be a few draws in there because that's just the way that it is, isn't it? But we are oh, about yeah. And yeah, some people point out, well, we're not any better now than than when Neil Harris left us, which, which to be honest, I've said it, yeah, we've said it many times on this show and on the live stream. There are some people that'd be happy to see Millwall play in the Conference South as long as Neil Harris was still in charge. <laughs> yeah. He might have, might have achieved that dream the way it was going towards the end of his of his time. Exactly. I think, uh, exactly. you know, because the football was limited then. You know, it was just yeah. limited in a more four four two style. Um, you know, we've I, I, got I, I, better players. Let's be honest. Oh, we've got a lot better players. We'll come on. Yeah. To the, of them in the next piece, but you're right. I mean, we, we've we've signed. We have to, even even the failures, even the duds. You know, and we we can we can all laugh at the likes of Ben Varson and and, and Conor Mahoney and, and and the other Scalak. The aim the aim was upwards all the time, and there's always a gamble with any signing. They didn't work, and um, you know that's uh, that, that's the way it worked out. But money got spent. The the club is trying to um aim upwards i i i i do find it odd I, I think that you're right in identifying a certain seam of mill opinion that prefers to see us get beat because it proves that their uh, assessment or view of players or the management or tactics whatever was correct i've never understood that really because I, whatever the circumstances you you're there to support your club millwall that's that's who we follow how anyone can truly want us to fail in order to make a personal point of some sort, is there people outside of the club that want us to fail? Well, we've got a world <laughs> against us. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Our world wants us to fail. You know, we we, we yeah, should be exactly. wanting us to win. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got a section of our support that can't <laughs> wait for us to fail, just so they can say, "Oh yeah, now I told you so," yeah. and so they don't have to admit they're wrong. They used to call it on House of Fun, the, the haters' arms, drinking in the haters' arms. I can't remember, I think that was the expression. Yeah, no, the haters is full at every Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden they have to close for a stock take by five o'clock whenever we win. When the Peroni, <laughs> the Angelo Peroni's run out. It's a strange old, it's a strange old scenario. But but then again, it's part of why we love this club, isn't it? That we have got such a diverse. That's one way to put it. <laughs> no, it's true, though, isn't it? We have got yes, such is, a yeah. range of fans, yeah, and opinions that we don't think like other people, do we? If you're a Millwall fan, you do not look upon the world. No, in no, place. that's true. People, I've said to people down here and when i've been out and they say oh you don't look upon life like everyone else i said no i'm a millwall fan we do not look upon life it's not a simplistic view that we have on things we do uh we do look at things from a different angle and a different way and uh, yeah that's partly why i actually love this club and 
Well, I, think, I think you're right. I mean, my, my wife is endlessly fascinated the amount of conversation that gets generated over what is a fairly, <laughs> fairly lowly placed club <laughs> in comparison to the, the, the greats of, of, of the game. But there we are. That's because we care and we give a shit. And that's, I think that's, that's, I think you're right, Neil. I think, I think you, you, you're capturing something there. Just to close this piece on, on the, the story stroke non story of Gary Rowett's departure. Uh, there's an interview on, on London News. He says, I'm here, which I think is actually quite a good philosophical point. We're all just here, aren't we? As far as I'm concerned, I'm here. I'm here, concentrating on trying to win games of football. I think it's it's that point, we've made it a few times, that um, from Gary Rowett's point of view, and, and for a lot of players, it's a job. Um, you know, it's for us, it's a, it's it's something deep that runs in the blood. For him, it's a, it's a job. And if he gets a better job, he'll probably take it. Um, that's you can argue about how um right and wrong that is, but that's how we approach the rest of life, isn't it? That's how we approach yeah, that's life anyway, though, Nick, isn't it? If yeah. somebody gives me a better job, you'd probably you go know, for it, wouldn't you? With more money, you know, who wouldn't? Yeah, well, I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll a month or whatever it is, and uh, and you take it, and football's no different, let's be honest. It, yeah, the yeah, but it works both ways. If you're not doing your job in football, we'll kick yeah. you out. It, that's so, right. Yeah, naughty swing. <laughs> it's a two way, two way road, isn't it? In that it's, way. it's a strange yeah. old thing, football, isn't it? That you can that you complain that the manager will walk out on you and will take another job. Yet at the same time. You give you want to see him gone after you don't win three or four games or five games. It's time for a change, and he hasn't signed good enough players. It's wonderful. It's absolutely such, yeah. It's such a contradiction. The Conservative Party are taking notes. I think <laughs> it's a good moment for us to take a short advertising break. We'll be back after these messages. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achtung, Mailball. 
Welcome back to the show, listeners. I want to move us along. There's a, there's a really um, in, nice phrase. I like I like this phrase. It's Billy Mitchell, um, Neil, talking about the two continental stars, and I, I, I use that word quite deliberately in the case of uh, Zian Fleming, but also Andreas Vogelsammer, we hope will develop into a star. Um, Billy Mitchell talking to the, uh, the, the South London Press says they've both been fantastic. You can tell, particularly Zian has a proper, genuine, deep love for football. He's absolutely fascinated by it. Most of the boys are, but particularly Flem. You can see him practising his free kicks and working on different techniques. And this is the point I think I made the other day. Uh, I might have said it in the live show, I might have to Harry, that um, they're both, both and, uh, Andreas Vogelsammer and Zian Fleming come from that continental tradition where you... You, you want to you want to do a lot of work on the training field. I think it, it, there was a bit of a contrast with the the British Isles uh, mentality that you want to get down the uh, the bookmakers or the <laughs> or the golf course or wherever footballers go now. It used to be the pub. They probably don't go to the pub so much. But the Continentals do seem to enjoy and, and make a feature of um, putting the work in on the training ground, working on technique. And that's, I just think that's a really nice phrase, a deep love of football. It's um, it's nice to see, nice to read about in, a, in one of our players. Mate, Zian Fleming, I think, came through the the factory at Ajax, didn't he? And they, he would, did. have, they, would, have been, they would have been taught from a very early age about technique and, you know, as they say, practice makes perfect. And then you see some of the things that he does in games... And you think, yeah, no wonder, yeah, no wonder you can do them if you put in that kind of thing in. But also, I think it, in rugby, I'm going to use a rugby analogy here that yeah. that they that it's kind of setting an example, isn't it, to your teammates? If your teammates see you uh, out on the training pitch practicing your free kicks for an hour after training, and Carl Bates, I think, makes the point on commentary that you see Fleming practising free kicks when everyone else has gone in at the start of the game. He'll take a couple of free kicks, won't he, from outrageous... Yeah, uh, angles, yeah, yeah. And I think that might rub off on... Yeah, but it looks as if, or well, it sounds as if it's rubbing off on Billy Mitchell. Uh, great to see, great to see. Um, that, yeah, that they'll see... Zion Fleming raising his game, so so would they almost think, well, oh, blimey, if I want to, yeah, but if I want to stay in this team, I've got to raise my standard. So you might find that Billy Mitchell stays out on the training pitch for a little bit longer, practicing his two foot tackles or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, Billy. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Practicing technical aspects of his game and. Uh, just well, you can never over-practice. You can never over... I mean, you know, you mentioned rugby. You mentioned cricket in the same way. I mean, a top, top batsman practices technique constantly. You can't... As soon as you start to take your foot off that particular gas pedal, Neil, you're going to build errors into your game and you'll get punished for it. And football is the same. I just think it's... I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of going around in circles in my head because it's, it's really nice to read this piece. And I'm just looking at a quote here that talking about... Uh, Billy's talking about... Uh, Fleming says sometimes the the starting eleven come off of, of a training slightly earlier to or do a shorter session on the Monday, um, but Fleming is still out there watching the other games. Um, he and Vogie uh, have a deep love that keeps them out there that much longer. Um, Billy likes that. Um, it's 
it's refreshing. I mean, what it, it shouldn't be surprising. You know, if, you, if you're making a profession in the sport, then that's kind of what I would hope, you know, would come with a surf. Don't always get it, but that's really, really nice to read that stuff. I, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I was really struck by this. Yeah, but Johnny Wilkinson used to used to practice his kicking for hours after yeah. training. Yeah, but they used to have to go out and, and drag him in sometimes because yeah. it was, you know, it's almost that thing when you were a kid and it started to get too dark and you were practicing kicking a ball against the wall. And I think Bradman used to do it with a, well, with a golf ball and a stump, didn't he? Yeah, yeah connection and yeah well you carried on and at least and until it was too dark to bloody continue and you get the yeah we get the impression that these lads they're having a they're having a good effects on the rest of the squad and yeah well long may it continue long may it continue yeah great report like it um more more of that please around the mill squad um we've got a couple of tv related stories here now first one up is um, for some reason, Sky TV seems fixated on Luton at home to Millwall. They always seem to show it as a live fixture, but they've moved it to the date of the prospective date, whether we'll be involved in the World Cup final, I don't know. But they've brought forward the, um, or they've changed the, the coverage to 12.30 on December the 18th, um, which will clash potentially with, um, I think the World Cup final would kick off at three o'clock that afternoon. Um, we do seem to get looting away on TV quite a bit. I never quite maybe they think there's going to be another riot there or something. I never quite understand why it always gets picked. Yeah, no, well, that thought had just come into my mind. It's, yeah, so it gets tasty, you know. <laughs> yeah, on the day that Millwall starts, I, I, I bet that is it. I bet that is it. And they've got some kid in there that's read about 1985 and thinks that's that's every time we play Luton now, you know, there's an edge to it. Yeah, but also part of it will also be viewing figures they don't want bbc and itv to to have all the viewing figures but you'd have thought common sense would have that surprised me also part of it could be that they want to pick a a reasonably local fixture i haven't seen all of the potential games for that day but i guess if england are involved in the world cup final they could always uh they could always change the kickoff time. It, it's a strange old game to pick because neither of us are doing particularly well this season, are we? Are looting in and around where we are, and no, I can't see it, it being a great, massive audience for it on World Cup final day. You know, anyway, but that's it's it the eighteenth game. It just seems. Uh, it just seems. It just seems picking that game to inconvenience everyone. We've certainly achieved that, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, there it is. It's a live TV game, 12.30pm, Saturday, December the 18th. don't like showing us at home, do they? Because they have to give us a bigger fee. So they always try and squeeze <laughs> away from home. when Some mobile coverage on the cheap. Yeah, that they have to. They're contractually obliged to show a certain amount of us, aren't they? So. It's, a, it's an, un, an unloving relationship between Millwall and Sky Television, but there we are. Um, the other big TV story that you've picked out, Neil, actually, and uh, it's a big story. I saw this on, on um, Twitter uh, the other day. Um, this is the potential end of the uh, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon blackout. Um, at the moment, there's a moratorium on showing live coverage of football on 
Saturday afternoon to protect the three o'clock Saturday afternoon uh, traditional, um, you know, kickoff time. But the EFL are considering ending that blackout from the from the 2024-25 season. They're offering packages to various major players, um, Google, Netflix, Amazon, uh, Sky, BT, etc., um, aiming for a £200 million a year deal. Um, but that will include the potential to show live football at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. And there's... Um, I don't mean this to sound disparaging, but this is what I call the, the, the usual kind of opposition to it from um, various, uh, you know, the Football Supporters Association and others um, to this particular move. I, I think it's I think it's inevitable that this will happen, Neil, um, especially if that kind of money is available to, to breach it. The EFL and its constituent clubs aren't really in a position to... They can make more money. They will do, won't they? Um, and it's, it's like a sacred cow at the moment, the, the three o'clock. Saturday, yeah but, yeah, but let's face it, the Football Supporters Association, they'd give a paracetamol a headache, wouldn't they, with all their, <laughs> yeah, with all their objections to this, that and the other. <laughs> it's something that I think you have to move with the times, and the times are that, that you cannot box off this 3pm. No, no, no. Because there are people that, can't get to games and uh and and you've also got illegal streaming and it, well you can you can get round it i mean you know um we won't disclose world, too much everyone knows you can get round it so you know yeah, the world it's not changed. much of a blackout yeah but the way that you get things now the world's changed the world's evolving so i think you've got to evolve with it apparently there are they think that the zone, uh, which which is which is chiefly at the moment a boxing uh, platform, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, certainly in this country, they do have rights all over the world. But apparently, there's some talk that they're that they're going to make a major play for this and show every every EFL or Championship game yeah. on their platform which which i've got to be honest i think it's a good thing myself because it will cut out the stupidity of 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 hopefully 745 kickoffs uh on saturday night swansea against sunderland going down to swansea and thing and ridiculous things that sky bring in that, that that they seem to change things on the whim and expect people to go from one end of the country to the other when there's no transport so this move away from that and that's not a bad thing and i think and i do think that choice comes into it the good thing with iptv for those people that, that, that don't know about it is that you can watch games on the whim yeah. There's a demand, whether you yeah. like it or not. There's a demand for it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And this this three pm blackout has been in force since the sixties, mm. and I think it's. I think a lot of it is to do with, or certainly was to do with, they didn't want to hit crowds particularly lower down. Non-league, I think, are, are yeah. the most. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and leagues two and one. Yeah, well. but um, the good thing with something like the Zone and app is that you pay your subscription, 
and once it's broadcast it's there live for you to watch or you can or you can watch a rerun of it yeah so so you could still go out and watch another watch a non-league game knowing that you come back and on the zone your game is sitting there and you can watch it at your convenience and I was just going to make that point. I think that's the way for non-league to be protected. I mean, many many non-league clubs make a, a thing at the moment of showing the the Sky game the, or the BT game. Um, yeah, they show them in the clubhouse. So you, you're in there, you're having a beer. I mean, when I went to where was it? Canvey, Canvey last season. Um, they've got a big clubhouse there, nice place, and they made a big thing. They, you know, kind of getting encouraging for the next game. Come and watch whoever it was. Don't ask me which game it was. Arsenal versus someone, maybe. Watch it at twelve thirty. Come and watch Canvey afterwards at live, just outside, and then you're back in the clubhouse for the evening game. So that I think if if non-league clubs show some imagination in terms of kickoff times and um, how they pitch their their, uh, their 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 I nearly said product and I hate that word and they pitch their 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 games um it can be done and I think you're right I think we are in 2022 now and that you've got to move at the times I think the sums of money that we're looking at there Neil, I mean 200 million years as a target um is it's, it's not it's not going to be easy to um you know everything has a price and I think this does have a price so I think we are looking at it I'm, I'd yeah, certainly, I personally, I'd sooner pay Millwall a tenner and watch. You know, I'd sooner pay the club to watch it up front and get it, up, up, you know, above board. And if you gave me that choice, I'd take it every time. I want to see, I want to see Millwall play away when I can't go, which is a fair amount of time now. Um, and I want to, you know, I want to pay money to the club. I want, I want, I want us to to progress. So that's the way to do it, I think. So I, I see this coming off. I see this happening. Yeah, we were talking last week about Millwall taking money off an NFT company weren't we and clubs yeah. are, and clubs are looking for additional revenue streams and because football isn't cheap yeah yeah we rely on the generosity of john berylson to put his hand in his pocket every year to cover two three four five six million pound losses don't we or whatever we incur absolutely so, so i do think it's a good thing and i do think that with a bit of imagination it can work, yeah. Uh, the the one fear is that then all of a sudden you're going to have the likes of La Liga being able to broadcast in this country at three pm. So, yeah. so uh, Mexico, which I think was blocked a couple of times from this country, they had to show it on the five minute delay and things like that. But then again, give it swings in roundabouts, doesn't it? I I think if you really want to go out and watch a game and you're motivated to go out and watch a game and not watch it on television, I think you'll do it. But... But there are people that aren't motivated to go out and watch games. The other, or, way or maybe can't, maybe can't. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not everyone that can. Um, there's many reasons for that. The other I, I person, I was motivated to watch Millwall and QPR. I think it was. So what did I do? Yeah. I went out and watched a local game and enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but tomorrow, I'm quite looking forward to Bristol City because we've a. Uh, because because we've had a couple of decent performances, so you start. Well, we looked back. like an attacking unit, didn't we? Um, I, I will always 
always believe that you can't beat being at a game. I, I think you just can't beat the uh, the atmosphere, even the most you know the, the, the most smallest scale. You can't beat being in the fresh air and and the, and the crunch of the tackle and all the, all the all the sensory parts of a football match. But um, you know, as a Millwall follower, I can't always get to every away game, and you do want to follow your side. And like you say, at the moment, we've shown a little bit of attacking now, and it'd be nice to get a stream for Bristol City, and it'd be nice to do it above board and pay Millwall to watch it because that's how I want to, you know, support the club. So I think that I think the story will develop in the way that it's portrayed. I think it's a Daily Mail story here um, to say that this. 3 p.m. blackout is, um, you know, is is, is uh, for the for the uh, coming towards its end. I think. Um, yeah, the Premier League are going to oppose it, but then again, they're going to oppose everything, aren't they? That because... well, they really need the money. They're, they're... <laughs> doesn't it? it? Yeah, but it erodes the hold that they can get over us, and they can try and bully us into uh, accepting. Yeah. Teams in things, and yeah, I no. did read that the, the National League clubs were tr- trying to get a package, a pay per view package for their their um their live streams, and yes, yeah, the way is... the world is going, and I th- you know anything that gets more money into clubs at lower level now, I think is has got to be a good thing. Yeah, I think I think I think the national the National League was driven by Hollywood people that um. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Rob Mackle, whatever he's called, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and a lot of American owners see every American football match is available, every NFL game is available, baseball, yeah, yeah. For I think every MLS game is available, yeah. every art hockey game is available, yeah. and they can't get their heads around over when they buy Premier League clubs that we only show two championship games a week. <laughs> and I just think it's just the way the world's evolving. It's all about money now. Yeah. Yeah, but it will happen. It will happen. And hopefully, yeah, but I did see that the National League, they were saying, oh, it's conflicted because we've because we've sold our rights to BT hmm. and got rights for this, that and the other, that they can't do it. I think. I, yeah, I think right. they, were, they were moved towards it, I think. But, yeah, but um, I've been watching that Barnet game last weekend. Wasn't there a game finished 7 6 or 6 5 or something like that? Something like that, like that wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so some of the games are pretty entertaining. I mean, it, you know, you mentioned La Liga earlier on. I mean, I, I would never go out of my way to watch. Uh, a La Liga game particularly, but it's more, more if it's on, it's like, you know, you, you see the German show uh, football, you know, if you want to watch a game of football and it's on, you'll put it on and it's just available. I think that's how I would approach a lot of that kind of, I don't really see foreign leagues as competition particularly for, um, for uh, English or, or British uh, games. But um, I think the streaming, the streaming, and the, and the revenue generation are going to drive this. I think it will come, whatever the football supporters and all, and the other kind of anti groups that you see online say. Because I just think it's inevitable. Achtung, um, Just one last point um, before we close the show. Uh, actually, it's a couple of points. Um, the coronation. This is, uh, I hadn't appreciated the last day of the football season. Mate, is May the sixth, and that's the, now been set as coronation day for King Charles the third. So, I imagine. Um, mind you, don't they play the last set of fixtures on a Sunday on 
on the last game of the season. I wonder if, whether this would be a Saturday um, than when you have coronations. I wouldn't have thought a Sunday for a coronation, but there's a certainly an inbuilt clash for that weekend, isn't there, coming? Yeah, you wonder. You you wonder what else we have to give up because of <laughs> because of this mob. Uh, yeah, off the game recently, and uh, and no, it, it was something that appeared online uh, the other day. It depends. I think they, I think they're fairly fluid. I think they like to have all the games kicking off. Same time to, to yeah on, on the on the Sunday and then the champ. I think the the leagues won yeah, to yeah. No, I've looked, yeah, I've just looked online and we're due to be at home to Blackburn Rovers yeah. at three p.m. on Saturday the sixth. So well, that's going to be out in yeah, well, on a number of ways, isn't it? Yeah, well, move yeah, it, they, move, maybe move it to the Sunday. I don't know if that. Who knows? But there's certainly a clash there if that's the, the day of coronation. Yeah, especially in London, because of obviously the eyes of the world, you you, you look at the operation for the Queen's funeral. And the, policing, <laughs> the policing was massive, wasn't it? Um, yeah, well, just, as a, just as a total yeah. tangent, it's just occurred to me, actually, I was, I was struck when at the Middlesbrough game last week, The um, I don't know what intelligence they work on. I, I, maybe Mill Mid, versus Middlesbrough was a... A profile place, but then we had the territorial support group. I was outside. I mean, they, they would always stand there like they're um, occupying forces. You know, like like the Germans have just arrived in the Channel Islands. The way they stand there, I thought, is this really a profile fixture? Because there were, um, you know, borough fans and red shirts milling around at the cafe. I saw a couple there. No problems. It was not a. It was wouldn't have been a fixture that. Um, Struck me as particularly tasty, Neil. Uh, historically, it might have been the odd thing here and there, but not one that really. If you said to me at the start of the season, where are the tasty fixtures? It wouldn't have been Mill versus Borough, but we had the TSG with that van loads of them outside, all standing there in their riot gear, in their um, you know, flame proof and, and helmets. Um, yeah, I don't know why they, they come up with this. I don't know. It must have been expensive. Completely honest about this situation. Yeah, you've got Swampy and his pals running riot in central London, sitting down occupying Piccadilly Circus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sitting in the middle of a road and they can't arrest them because it hasn't met a threshold. Do me a favor, but football fans, to inconvenience, are the softest target of the lot, apparently. Uh, a lot of people were saying on Hoth that they had police sniffer dogs Did they? Uh, stopping you Did they? when you went th- on the other side of the turnstiles looking right. for uh, looking Something. for packets of one yeah, or two yeah, yeah. substances. Yeah. And, uh, there, were, there were reports of innocent people being taken into rooms for searches. Right. Uh, just leaving their kids on the concourse, being dragged out because they might have, they might have been around somebody in a pub or elsewhere who'd been smoked. Been used, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and 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 it lingers to them. And these highly trained dogs have obviously picked up on the scent and on the smell. It just seems that particularly Millwall fans, we're just an easy target, aren't we? And uh, it, yeah. it it really really annoys me. Yeah, was it because I think they didn't they uh, didn't they run a 
a ticket promotion or something it like that. It was packed. There was loads. I mean, I don't have a problem with ticket promotions. I don't, I don't have a problem with European or North American fans. Far from it. It's, it's just it amuses me, you know, in a, in a way. Um, and it was, but the, the block one was packed. That there was an email sent out offering discount, discount, yeah, 80 percent on tickets. And of course, it, yeah, well, it had a wonderful knock-on effect. Yeah, fifteen and a half thousand in the in the house, you know, fifteen and a half thousand people in the den. Yeah, the vast majority of which would have spent money at the new concessions outside the ground, the new bars. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the foreigners, yeah, but they love a scarf, don't they? And, they do. and they, yeah. they to remember their day down at Big Bad Millwall, <laughs> yeah, makes them look a bit edgy or whatever. But no, in all seriousness, and all of a sudden, you've got yeah, you've got these lines of coppers all acting like Robocop. And, and it was I, I just really struck. I mean, as, as, I, as I arrived, I thought, well, who was all this because they, they line up like they're um. Going into battle, don't they? They they had this kind of militaristic line, don't they? Across entry, yeah. you know, so you almost have to barge through them. I'm, yeah, well, I sometimes wonder if it's a deliberate tactic to create confrontation. I do wonder that. I do wonder that because even the if the manner that they conduct themselves with in um, is is kind of insolent. I don't know. It's very hard to describe it. And whenever you say it back to someone who's not been to football you start to sound like you're an, uh, an obsessive one of these conspiracy types you know but they have a certain manner that's almost challenging i think because they think they're in the wall and of course it carries a name and a reputation but i just really couldn't see what the tsg a territorial support group the so-called elite shock troops of the metropolitan police were doing at mill versus middlesbrough because uh, you know unless they've got intelligence that uh, 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 are bringing a mob down or something i don't know um no one's ever going to know the answer to that question because only they get that intelligence um but otherwise it's not a profile fixture and i repeat my point if it's a profile fixture you you enforce a strict separation of fans outside you don't have the um you know some red shirts in the lions cafe it's gonna kick off it didn't kick off because there's not a profile fixture and there's no real problem between them all and borough fans, not that I, I'm aware of, other than individual incidents, perhaps in the past, but nothing on a, on a grand scale. Um, I just it really struck how expensive an operation that must have been. Van loads from outside. Anyway, there we are. Don't made the point. Um, we ought to close our show, Neil. And I thought a good way to close our show. <laughs> this really odd story. I don't know if you've seen it. The um, I understand he's a singer. I sound like one of those old judges in in court. Who's who is Drake? Drake apparently is a singer, a rapper, and for reasons beyond me, Barcelona, Mezun Club, more than a club. The representatives of Catalonia have decided to put Drake's logo on their shirt when they play the uh, Real Madrid derby, the Clásico. And his logo is an, is an owl, which is, is strange. I don't know what that has to do with Drake. But anyway, um, and it's all part of Barcelona's alliance with Spotify, um, sponsored by the um, audio streaming service. Um, so they're going to take the field with Drake's owl logo on their pitch, on their shirt. Um, and it just occurred to me, I wonder who Millwall would have if, if we were to have a singer. Um, Roy Green's the obvious one. Other than that, I, I think of Nicky Hart, the Elvis impersonator that we keep mentioning. <laughs> That's about the only other one I can think of that we might have. Tommy Steele, perhaps. I don't know. You're Des O'Connor. Des O'Connor. There was a 
Yeah, I can't remember his name. Is it Scroobius Pip or Scribblers Pip? Scroobius Pip, yeah, yeah, he, he could. He, yeah, he's a Millwall fan, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we don't have two pretty rock stars, do we? But then again, yeah, with Barcelona, they had to sell their soul, didn't they? To they uh, it some time ago with the Emirates, the because uh, they were traditionally the Barcelona shirt was seen as being akin to the flag, wasn't it? It was like representation of Catalonia. Yeah, that's yeah but unfortunately, whether that far in debt, yeah, they talk about us in imaginative ways of parting with your money for three pounds to watch a reserve game online and things like that. This lot have taken it to a whole new level. You listen to the price of football podcasts and almost every week, they're coming up with another way that Barcelona have come to raise some revenue. And this oh, is, I, yeah, but then again, I guess, I guess if Spotify came along to Millwall and said, well, we'll offer you five times what Husky Chocolate are offering you, but two yeah. or three <laughs> times a season, You've got to put Drake's owl on the front of your or, shirt. Or some, some grime drill rapper out there, maybe. <laughs> yeah, or Stormzy, or whatever. Yeah, well, you're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah, well, let's be honest. We, we, would. <coughs> we would, yeah. We would, yeah, because we're skin. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how football's evolving earlier on. And this is just another way that football are evolving. It's like the third kick. The third kit has to be probably one of the most useless conceptions, <laughs> apart from the pre-match handshake, taking the knee, the ball podium, uh, and things. It, 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 VAR, it's, yeah. This is what they do to raise money now, isn't it? And uh, even it, Barcelona. I mean, I'm not big on my Drake, Neil. I can't really actually. I don't. I, I could walk past Drake in the street, listeners. I wouldn't know yeah, from out of from what I know, from what I know, <laughs> and again, I've never. Yeah, but that's not my genre of music. I think any anybody no. follows me on social media will know that I love my indie music, and I prom- and and if and if there's a decent indie band, I will share it with people. But to be honest, yeah, well, I'm like you. Yeah, but if I passed Drake down Sainsbury's later on, I wouldn't actually know it was Drake, to be honest. Storms, who, yeah, who I've had a row on Twitter with, I would recognise because he's about nine foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want a real-life row with him in that case, but, um, yeah, there we are. So he's Drake's logo, listen, I, mean, I, say, I don't know my Drake at all. And I, don't, I shall not be seeking out his music, but he's, he's, a, he's an owl. Like a, yeah, no, it's a, not music, it's noise. noise. It's noise. And they're going to be on the uh, Barcelona shirts versus Real Madrid El Clasico. There we are, how the mighty have fallen. Neil, I think we've reached the end of our little agenda, mate. I want to say thank you to you for taking time out your Friday morning, as always. Can I just say a couple of things? Uh of yeah, but don't worry, it's not controversial. It's something that <laughs> I should have mentioned last week and I totally forgot, and that's uh, Chris Bethel's wife, who I wrote, uh, who a uh, well-known Millwall fan, historian. Mm, absolutely, uh, Chris, yeah, yeah. A co-author of, well, you're not an author, he actually, he actually provided all of the photographs for the book well-known Millwall, Millwall family, respected Millwall family. He yeah. lost his wife, Eileen. Uh, oh, I think I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't, I hadn't heard that. Wow. The funeral yesterday. 
And I right. meant and I meant to mention it last week that obviously we are a small club uh, and things like this. She would have known people. I think I've probably phoned Bethel Towers a couple of times and spoken to her. Mm. And, and we are a small club and and there are times like this when people do come around, uh, you know, they gather around, don't they? Uh, they do. Tr- tr- a tremendous Millwall family. Uh, his son, Sam, uh, mm. who... Ghibli, a lot of people know through social media, through Chris and and two at games. Just like to say that uh, that you're very much in our thoughts at the moment. And there's also uh, Millwall Michael, who posted on Hoffers, I think Northampton. Uh, I Northampton Lion, yeah, I remember that. Died, that name, yeah. died very young, I think wow. last the weekend before and we'd just like to say RIP to them and that we hope that you're in a better place yeah absolutely well wow I, I didn't know either of those those um, pieces of news um, condolences to Chris and condolences also to uh, Michael's family in that case um, I, I do remember Northampton line from when I uh, was on on House of Fun and um, no, no, Chris. You know, as you say, is very well known, respected Millwall fan and family. So, um, seconded, absolutely. Um, that's taken me back a little bit. So, um, I think that's probably a good way to leave it there, Neil. Um, R.I.P. to to both. Best wishes to to Chris Bethel and his fam- family, and obviously to the family of Michael too. Uh, until the next episode, listeners. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.